This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Podcast. Just get it out already, for the love of God. Podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, Rach. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Good. Good to see you. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> like we don't As live we together. Don't live in the same house. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It's just like a. It's like my southern courtesy. Is it I'm not southern, nor am I courteous. <laughs> Is it because you couldn't see me with the magnetic eyelashes you were wearing <laughs> earlier? <laughs> Are you to talk about that? Yeah, I I bought a present for a friend uh, who for a friend uh, in quotes. Okay, so I saw that she wanted these eyelashes, and I thought they were super fun, and she thought they were funny too. It wasn't like a serious gift, clearly. Anyway, we uh, I ordered them for her and for myself because I was curious as well. So I put them on today while I sang a little karaoke all by myself in my bed um, for a while, like an hour. <laughs> It was a lot of karaoke. <laughs> yeah. A lot of self-karaoke. I know. So I looked, I felt like I looked good. I felt good. I was singing good. You know. Yeah. Singing good. <laughs> I went to college. You wanna uh you wanna give everyone a little piece of that singing? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is just like I barely even come out to do it. I wait till everybody's sort of like gone from the house and yeah. then I break out my karaoke skills. So my favorite part of the karaoke is that you do karaoke on a microphone that you bought one of our sons as a gift, gift. <laughs> eh, for oh, him. Okay, so we're seeing a little bit of a theme. I'm not that self-absorbed. So, like, I bought a gift for my friend, and I bought one for myself, too, and then I bought a gift for our son, yeah. and I took it. <laughs> you didn't take it, but you have used it more than him. Yeah, and every time I'm like, where's your microphone? He's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> He does love it, though. It was a very, like, apropos for him. And then once you saw it, you realized, oh, oh I'm going to get some mileage me. out of this. <laughs> Real mileage. Yeah, I feel like our kids are going to have a lot of character built simply on me being their mother. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one for those guys. <laughs> oh, they're lucky to have you. Thanks. That's nice. Yeah. Just keep telling them that. They're, they're also lucky to have headphones when you sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking them off for the podcast because the uh, the eyelashes were a little much for me, a little long. Yeah, they're they're kind of awesome though. They are kind of awesome. Uh, they're like a nice pandemic relief uh, thing, yeah. you know. Just anyway, funny. what else is new? Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Tell me what we you got. got. <laughs> we got into a little bit of a fight recently. Oh, Which shoot. became entertaining pretty quickly. Yeah. But in the moment, it was like one of the most vicious digs you had ever given to me. <laughs> so, that wasn't vicious. It was sort of like, you can't fix anything, so why don't you shut I up? I did not say that. I just... I, <laughs> let's what just, happens. Yeah, Here's let's what see happened. what happened. We had a plan that we verbally discussed, me and you. Sometimes like, I don't follow those instructions completely, right. but so, yeah. So 
one of us was doing kids stuff. One of us was supposed to be doing something else. All of a sudden, I think you're supposed to be doing something to finish up the whole bedtime routine so we can just hang out. And I come out and you are hanging curtains. I wasn't hanging them. The children had maybe accidentally on purpose hung from them and acted like they were Tarzan. So yeah. they were pulled out of the wall. And I thought, oh, I'll just go ahead and fix this really quickly. Right. Which, smart thing to do. Right. Thank just, you. It was not in our verbalized agenda for the evening. <laughs> right. So I was frustrated. And I was like, why are you doing that right now? And you looked at me and you said... <laughs> If you're so upset, why don't you fix the curtains? <laughs> Which. Okay, in retrospect, <laughs> I can see that. Now that you're saying it out loud, I can understand it. Well, and the context is, the subtext is, I don't fix anything or almost anything. I did not intend for that to come across, but I can see how that was. <laughs> you I can, can see, see how, how that, that came out. Yeah. <laughs> So then we had a little bit more of a fight, and then I think we both laughed about it. Well, we laughed because I was standing there, and I was trying to be angry, and I literally out loud was like, you're like, what are you thinking? And it's like this serious moment, and I was like, I'm just, I really am trying to find any humility in myself. (laughs) This is going to take a minute. Like, it's going to take, give me a couple minutes, and I'll get there, I'm sure. Just need some patience. Yeah. Anyway, we finally did come around. Yeah. It was fine. Or I apologize for how you misunderstood. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> you kept saying, I'm sorry <laughs> that it didn't go the way we thought. I was like, no, not the way we thought. Or like no, the way, the way I you thought. thought. I said you because you were like, no, it's a we issue. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm uh, sorry it didn't go the true. way you thought. I was like, no, no, we thought. We talked about it. We made a plan. And you just kept saying you. Oh, man. As we're talking about this, I can see that I was wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, write it down. January 2021. Rachel finally admits to being wrong once. I know. It took me a long time to find humility, but there it is. There Excellent. It is. All right. I want to talk about curiosity. Okay. How do you feel about it? I think it killed the cat. Boom. 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 <laughs> full She'll of it She'll be today. here all week, folks. I'm full, full of it. That is like a total dad joke right there. Right there. Rod yeah. Rod, Rod <laughs> oh All right. So I want to talk about curiosity. I've been thinking a little bit about this for a while. Did a little bit of research on it this week. And that's all I got. That's the intro. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. Curiosity. Right. So I want to talk about it in a couple of different ways. I want to talk about the benefits of curiosity. I want to talk about like what it takes to be curious and or to help our kids be curious. Yeah. And some practical ideas for how to execute on that. Yeah, I love this. Um, I love this topic because I think it sets our kids up for adulthood really, really, really well. Yeah. Because um, we've all had friends who have been less than curious about us and mm-hmm. they're really interested in talking about themselves. And it's super frustrating. It's hard to be friends with folks like that. So I think curiosity is one of the life skills that is often dismissed and uh, not really talked about. So here we are. There's sort of like two ways to think of curiosity, and we're going to bounce back and forth because I think they're both important. One is curiosity of the world in general, like curiosity about, um, like you think of that in an education context, like having kids who are curious and want to learn things and try things out, right? Like that's one piece. But then what you just alluded to, which is curiosity about other people, which I think is both of those are really good life skills. Um, to be curious about the world, to be curious about how the world works, but also to be curious about what people think and why and you know where that, that comes from uh, in a way that is not necessarily judgmental or trying to like have an argument with them, but actually is really I want to learn about you is like a really huge 
gift to people. It's an act of love, uh, and it's a great life skill. I totally agree. I totally agree. So um, we're going to have a few links in the show notes, as we often do. Uh, There are a couple articles that I think are interesting um, to give some context uh, around curiosity. The first one is actually from uh, UC Berkeley, uh, and they had an article about uh, the surprising benefits of curiosity. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, a few that were interesting to me, one was curiosity actually makes people happier, that people who huh. are curious tend to be uh, happier. Uh, curiosity boosts achievement, which I think goes to that educational piece that people who want to figure things out and like that becomes part of who they are, obviously achieve more because they go and want to like do research. They want to learn and that all kind of snowballs into just being both smarter, full of knowledge, being able to connect dots, all of that. Uh, And I, I think that creates drive in people. Um, the third and fourth ones that stuck out to me are much more about that interrelational uh, curiosity. So curiosity can expand empathy, so our ability to understand um, or seek to understand other people. And probably out of that, curiosity strengthens, strengthens, man, I am like all over the place today, strengthens <laughs> relationships. Um, and I think that's really true, like just in our situation, you know, we were joking about having a fight, like when we're curious about each other and why we're, we've been hurt or we're upset, uh, our, our relationship kind of goes in a positive direction where we learn something about each other. We realize, uh, in humility, how we might be able to serve each other better or, or, um, you know, not frustrate each other in the future. But when we're not curious and we're, you know, put our feet in the ground and are like, I'm a, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Like things go uh, downward pretty quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, I love how you talk about the willingness to learn. Like, I think that that's one thing we talk about a lot on our podcast being a, a primary goal. Goal, man. I can't talk today either. Yeah. It's because I sang too much today. That might be it. But I think that willing willingness to learn um, takes a ton of humility, and that's what I'm saying. We talk a lot about mm-hmm. pursuing in our kids and teaching them about humility. Um, letting them know that sometimes you do have to pause in the middle of a fight and say, I'm digging deep for humility. Give me a minute, (laughs) you know, but like letting them know when we fail at humility and, uh, letting them know when they've been successful at humility teaches them this like natural language of humility, which I think spurs curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, the first point in like what it takes. So nice segue, Rachel, you're doing great. (laughs) Really keeping us moving. I like it. Thank you. Um, if you don't know why we're laughing, it's because it was unintentional, but it was a great segue. <laughs> um, yeah, I think humility to admit that we don't know everything is a really uh, important part of this. Uh, humility in, interpersonally to uh, admit that I don't know what's going on in your head. Like the idea that you fix the curtains is objectively good. (laughs) But I didn't have the humility uh, to seek out why were you doing that right then. Um, And so I started a fight with you, if that makes sense. Um, Oh, it makes sense. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So I think having the humility to say, oh, uh, this comes out too, like in touchier subjects, like when you talk about politics or people can be very um, sensitive about raising their kids and the way, the right way to do that, quote unquote, um, or religion or those sort of things, like having the humility to say, okay, 
you've told me a little bit about you, and so I'm making all these assumptions, but I'm actually going to just ask you questions instead of making assumptions about why you believe those things or think that way or want to live that way because I really am curious and want to know you um, and want to expand my understanding of of people and and you in particular. Yeah, I think that um, I have experienced the other end of someone placing assumptions on me or on our family because uh, we have a transracial family, and I think people place assumptions every which way yeah. you can throw it. And um, it's and it's really hard to, one, build a relationship with that person because you don't actually have room to be just who you are because mm-hmm. they've already made those assumptions about you. Yeah. And it's really – and so it makes you feel like you're not re- really – not like a mutually beneficial relationship um, because when there's a lack of curiosity, you just feel shoved in a corner. I think that's how I have felt in some of those situations. And it just makes me really angry and frustrated because I can't like bust out of it. And it takes a lot of effort for somebody to bust out of those assumptions that have already been made. Right. Um, and that's not really what you want um, as as you're teaching your kids to serve their neighbor and to take care of other people well, mm-hmm. you don't want them to lack curiosity so the other person has to work extremely hard to be friends with your child. Right. So I think um, I think that's a I think having this curiosity is incredibly valuable um, for our neighbor and just loving the people around us really well. Yeah. Um, I saw this definition of humility uh, and I think it came from uh, a, um, a professor at UC Davis. So we're just going through all the University of California schools this week. Um, <laughs> and he, it was defined, intellectual humility was desi- defined as the ability to acknowledge that what we know is sharply limited. And I think that we don't do well with um, remembering our limitations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, we want to fall into a place of thinking that we already know or Mm-hmm. We are in the know because um, yeah. that feels really comfy for me. But man, it's real ugly. Yeah, and this is coming out a little bit with our kids. So I think as parents, we have to offer humility and be curious about our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, because we've known them since they were helpless and we wiped their butts, <laughs> like we make a bunch of assumptions about them and how they think or why they think certain things. And they're often not um, generous assumptions. Yeah. And as they get older, middle school, high school, or, you know, become adults and we're sort of more peers, like I think it's a real act of humility and an act of love to to pursue understanding what they think and why and what they feel and why and not, you know, trying to pull back from those assumptions and all that experience we have with them when they were three and offer them sort of a generous spirit of, like, my knowledge of you is limited, even though I feel like I know you so well because you've been in my house for 15 years, but... I actually don't know everything that goes on in your head and your heart, and I don't know what goes on at school. And so the things you think or the reasons or the way you see the world, I need to have some humility and go after learning why and and really really want to know, not try to somehow fix you because I think you disagree with me or you think the wrong things. Like Just want to know you because I love you. Yeah, I think – do you mind if I jump on a political train real quick? Boop, <laughs> I know that we didn't plan on this, but I think that um, it is worth saying that we live current, our current situation in politics is so divisive and full of people who lack curiosity about people outside of themselves. 
Um, and I think that it feels really helpless to me, no matter what side you're on. I, I think it feels helpless. feels like I'm just one person and, you know, I'm voting and I'm doing what I can. I'm doing the right thing or whatever. But I still feel like, how can I have an impact? Um, and so I think that this is a way that we have impact. Like, so I look at our little family and I say, you know, there are five of us in this household um, and they have a sphere of influence. Each of them has a sphere of influence. And there is something to be said about raising these boys and girls to have curiosity, to lack assumptions about other people, not just because um, they want to love their neighbor, neighbor well, but it is actually producing peace that will go out into the world of politics, out into the world of the workforce in whatever they engage with. And I think that gives me a feeling of productivity and impact in a way that I don't often feel in our political climate right now. Um, and, you know, like, I think we can take on too much power and say, my kid's going to change the world. Right. I think, you know, like using wisdom and understanding, um, knowing that our kids are going to produce and be whoever the good Lord made them to be. Um, my job is truly to, to create in them a curiosity about other people so that they are actually conductors of peace. Yeah. And you sort of derisively said, you know, our kids might change the world or like that's unlikely. And, and on some level it is unlikely that our kids are going to be presidents, right? Like just the odds are not in their favor. Yeah. And I would not wish it upon them <laughs> at all. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, but they have the opportunity to change the world of the people they interact with every single day. Like exactly. even at their age right now, whether they're five or eight or 15, like they have the opportunity right now to be a life changer to their teachers, to their friends, to their older or younger siblings. Um, and so helping them see that and helping them see how they can love people well and that that actually has a huge impact on the world, right. that you do not have to go out and invent or create this huge thing or do something otherworldly um, to actually change the world, that you can do that today, every day with the people you're with. In small interactions, you don't need to have a podium or a platform to do these things. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we're trying to talk about in producing or like teaching our kids how to be curious. Yeah, I think that's right. And so good train. <laughs> Jumping back off the train. A couple of things to think about, like what this takes, humility, a willingness to learn, um, I think uh, with that is a certain amount of objectivity. Like we have our points of view and it's good to have um, opinions and think that certain things are right, um, but have an ability not to withhold judgment when people start t talking about things and actually, again, be curious by what they mean because sometimes we assign so much meaning to words. Mm -hmm. um, you know, politics is a great example, but there's all other places where someone will say like, I like this and we're like, okay, they like ping pong, so I know these 10 things about them. But it's like, no, maybe they think of it differently or they like it differently. Um, that's a silly example. But, like, I remember being a kid and, like, skateboarding was, like, really scary to adults. And it's like, well, a lot of just, like, innocent kids like to just go skateboard. Like, it's not, a, it's not like a, a, a gang activity necessarily, right? So I think in any area of our lives, we might have presuppositions about interests our kids might be getting into. And some we assign positive assumptions and some we assign negative assumptions. And we need to withhold judgment and really explore what they 
like and why, what they're interested in. Um, and that allows us to be with them. And even if they start going down roads that we're a little bit concerned about, we don't want to be pushing them away. We want to be drawing them in so we can be with them through that process. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the other process that we want to engage with is their boredom. Like that, um, like teaching and training a child in boredom is great. <laughs> it's super hard. I mean, I think that we're struggling with, I'm struggling with this with one of our kids who just, um, cannot go an hour without asking for screen time or a snack or whatever. So granted we're in a pandemic and things are harder cause we're here all the time. And so boredom, boredom is a lot of the time to be honest. Right. Um, but it is a discipline on my part to allow them to feel sort of the pain of boredom. The other part of that, so I think curiosity stems out of boredom, and so it's our job to settle our kids into that. You know, we've talked a lot about sort of people curiosity and how it's great, but I think that when we allow our kids to engage with boredom, it, produ- it produces creative curiosity so they start to create and build and I think that's when you sort of find their natural gifting and what they really are interested in because they will naturally gravitate toward the things that excite them because they're bored Mm -hmm. I think we miss the boat if we don't allow for boredom because then I do think that like later in life I don't know like when kids are trying to pick colleges and careers and whatnot um like you have to have that groundwork of like what your childhood interests naturally were so you can help guide your child so you can understand what they're what they naturally gravitate toward. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I think putting some uh, pictures to that like we have seen in our kids different reactions to sort of free time without any screens or kind of direction like one of them really got into reading and history, one of them's really gotten into sort of building things and blowing things up and shooting rockets (laughs) and stuff. And one of them actually has gotten into like making videos. Uh, He Uh thinks that's really fun. So I think uh, to your point, allowing them that space where we're not entertaining them. um, And that's also where we got a fire pit out of the deal. One of our kids just decided to go collect rocks and build a fire pit because we were like, go outside and play. And he's like, can I do this? And we're like, yeah, go for it. Go dig holes, do whatever (laughs) you need to do. So I I think that's exactly right. And um, uh, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about kind of some of the practical things. Yeah. That's okay. Um, So one of those is um, I think we need to model this. Like, we need to be inquisitive. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to be inquisitive about life, ask questions. Uh, I think we need to ask questions of our kids. Uh, I was reading something about uh, a guide on for parents and teachers on finding their children's strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make the point that you should ask your kids why five times. Not like your kid asked you, why, why, why? I was why? just going to say, like, I feel like that's the trend in our house. Do we really want to model that behavior? I think it's revenge, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible revenge. That's the worst part of raising kids. Why, 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 why? Mom, why? Mom, mom, why? <laughs> no, but asking it in like a thoughtful way that makes them think about the answer. And so, well, why do you feel that way? Okay, well, how would doing X, Y, or Z change that? Right? It helps them explore and actually learn something through the answering of those questions. Yeah. Um, and I've seen this in our marriage. Uh, when we ask each other really good questions, I think we get underneath things uh, better. Yeah, you're saying that, like, 
like when we ask our child why, they naturally draw some conclusions that are helpful to teach them like themselves lessons. Like, yeah. so it gives them a practice of sort of digging deeper on their own yeah. to understand themselves. And just to reiterate, yeah. I wouldn't just look at them and go, why? <laughs> right? Like the question has to be thoughtful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, if, but if we ask thoughtful questions that really want, where we really want to know the answer. Yeah. A better way to maybe say it would be like, tell me more about blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's good for marriage too. Do you remember at the beginning of our marriage, when I was like, you don't really have to listen that hard to me. I talk a ton. You just have to pick a word from the last sentence and say, tell me more about blank, you know? Like, and then say, how did you feel about that? And it, man, It didn't work because I would be like, tell me more about the. <laughs> I can't believe we're still married. <laughs> I can't either. Man, I won the lottery. So we model inquisitiveness. <laughs> we ask questions. We dig underneath with our kids. I think we need to be open-ended. Like, we should not shut down their feelings. I, I am so guilty of this all the time where I'm just like, it's going to be okay or you'll be fine. You and know? sometimes I'm just like, just be quiet. Like, just quit there your you whining. <laughs> I'm guilty too. It's fine. But you have humility now. Uh, no, takes me a minute. I'll let you know when I'm finding it though. Yeah, so I think that this is just an area where I really want to grow is asking our kids better questions and like really exploring their feelings and thoughts at the appropriate time. Like sometimes they have deep, deep, hard feelings (laughs) (laughs) and it's not the right time because we're working or they're supposed to be in school or whatever. But like finding the right time and pursuing that uh, allows them to really explore those things and it just models for them this is how I get to know people and how I ask questions to them. Yeah, I think this, um, it occurs to me that this um, happens around our dinner table a little bit. And I think it's helpful for all the children to participate in being quiet while we pursue one kid. Um, Like when I'm thinking about how our time is structured, there's not a lot of time outside of the time that we're working in school and whatnot. And I think around our dinner table, we're kind of killing two birds with one stone when we're able to dig under something with one kid. We're also teaching our other kids how this is done, what it looks like to pursue someone with curiosity, and teaching them to shut their mouths for like Mm -hmm. five minutes to understand someone else. So I think the dinner table, again, I think we go back to the dinner table a lot. I mean, to eat dinner, but also... I like to have dinner every night. (laughs) To teach our kids something. Last night, though, we almost forgot to feed two out of three kids. Yeah, because I was in charge. (laughs) (laughs) You came in home at six, seven o'clock, and you're like, wait, two kids haven't eaten? (laughs) I was like, nope. Cool. And you're like, you want some chips? Sure, Dad. There was salsa. That's a vegetable. There was onions and in And you also, to your credit, you were like, you can have a piece of leftover pizza if you eat carrots and spinach. And man, they'll down yeah. some carrots and spinach for a piece of pizza. Yeah, they will. Anyway. So, wait, I digress. <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. So here's another one that's hard for me sometimes, um, which is help... Uh, we need to follow our kids' interests. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about how they fi- figure out what they're interested in, and then we need to, I think, show some interest in supporting that and actually caring about it, which, which is easier when they f- pick something we like yeah. <laughs> and harder when they pick something we don't have as much as Or I feel this with our middle schooler right now. Like, he's interested in things that I literally have to Google to understand. Yeah. Like, I, I literally don't know what he's engaged with without a good Google search. <laughs> And sometimes when I Google search it and I'm like, oh my gosh, what have we done? We've yeah. let him go too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there, you know, 
we've had times where one of the kids will be like, hey, do you want to ask me questions about this like Minecraft thing I'm doing? And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, no, I do not care. And I feel terrible about it. And it's a discipline to be like, yes, tell me about mobs or whatever, that's, chickens or That is a great situation beavers, whatever you, they do. where you pick one word because you just don't even, like with Minecraft, I don't even know the questions to ask. So I just listen to for one word and yeah. not the. I listen for Oh, words. thank you. That's helpful. <laughs> All right. I got um, two last things that are what I will call higher level. This is like bonus points, AP credit if you do these two things. I won't be participating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't done these necessarily, but I, I read about them and I thought they were really interesting. So one is, um, you know, we were just talking about our kids asking, you know, wanting uh, wanting to teach us stuff. Is like looking for opportunities for kids to teach us um, because when a person teaches someone else something, they actually grain, gain greater mastery. Um, they actually learn more. And so I think it's a good discipline to be like, oh, you're really into this. Like, tell me more about that. How does that work, right? And like teaching them how to ask me questions or how to like teach me things. Mm-hmm. Um, it validates them and shows some interest, but it's also skill development, right? Yeah, I think it was funny the other day we were doing virtual learning and we did this like computer program that's like a reading program. And you have to build, you have like four letters and you have to build a word. And so I told our son, I was like, hey, no big deal. I'll go ahead and move the letters and you tell me which letters go where because he didn't really want to do it. And so I started putting these letters in as he's telling me. And I was like, gosh, I don't know. Is that right? Like, do I put an S here now? Or like, do I put a T? Ah, I don't know. So he played along for a little bit. And then in the middle of it, he's like, wait a minute. You know how to read. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know what you're talking to me. He's like, you're just trying to get me to read. like touche shucks I just was busted but like I was trying to engage with what he was learning trying to like play along so that he could teach me because it was working for like 15 minutes and then he's like wait a second (laughs) you already know all this this information you're just trying to get me to teach you so I learned you dirty scumbag yeah anyway he did learn though he did a great job that's awesome (laughs) All right, and then the other one, the last one I got from a book called How to Raise an Adult by Julie Lightcott Hames. Um, and it's this idea of pra- having your kids practice forming opinions and points of view. Um, so as they get older, um, and this could be done around the di- dinner table, right, is you can come up with a topic and then ask the child what they think about that topic and then play devil's advocate to- with them and, like, you know, sort of. Again, you're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to make them think about well, what would be the other side of this, and what you know, why could they potentially be wrong, or what might they be missing, Um, and you know, really encourage the kid to then respond to your point of view, so they can get that um, practice of like going back and forth and learning, yeah, and having humility in the process, but also being able to assert what they think and feel. Yeah, I I have a really hard time with that because I just want to win. Like, <laughs> in all honesty, yeah. like, I think that's, um, not that, not that I want to win, but I, I sort of would like them to align with my perspective. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to something that matters a bit more to me. Like, I think it's fun to play devil's advocate, um, for the fun of it, but when it's real, it's, it's just harder for me. Yeah. Um, it comes back to that humility thing, right? Like that's where we yeah. started this conversation is where yeah. we're going to end it. 
Yeah, that's well, exactly right. Well, and the last thing she noted is like once your kids develop those skills and are good at that, then what you actually do is make them switch at the end. So they like give their point of view, you do the devil's advocate, and then you're like, okay, reverse it. Now you be my side and I'll so be yours. Great. That's really interesting. Yeah. So let's try that. I'm curious, Rachel, how it'll work out. <laughs> Me too. And on that moment, let's go to the stat of the week. Stat of the week. All right, Rach. Hey, Dave. So I was originally going to try to find some curiosity, like academic stats, but I yeah. feel like this has been heavy and I just wanted to get lighter real quickly. <laughs> it's not super heavy, but so we're going to do- I have like 20 minutes of heavy in me every day and then the rest should yeah, be light. we're nine minutes over. <laughs> so my stats are going to be about the Curiosity rover, which is the name of the, the space- machine on mars interesting yeah cool cool what do you call it it's a rover like yeah <laughs> it roves <laughs> it roves so my first question mars. for you is do you know how far um in miles the earth is from mars oh lordy no like i had, I had no clue either some astronomical million can you can you number? do the, the the can you do the uh the math no no can you do the planets <laughs> in order oh yeah Really? Yeah. What are they? Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Really? Nice. I, d- Neptune, I have no clue if that's right. Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. But Pluto is actually wasn't a wasn't a planet, and now it's back. I don't know. I still I still count Pluto because I feel bad for Pluto. <laughs> you feel bad? You think it has feelings? <laughs> you don't know um, the planets in order? No, I have no clue. I'm actually looking up to double check that you get it right. Um, Mercury, Venus. But I can't. Uh, My very something. Uh, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter. You Mercury, know how Venus, I know that because Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Uranus Neptune, Neptune, Pluto, Pluto, the dwarf planet. The dwarf. They don't call it a real one, but it's yeah. still a planet. Interesting. Well, well done. Thank you. The reason I remember that is because I made a project in um, early elementary school and had to spray paint the planets. And I had to redo my project a couple times because I didn't do it super carefully the first time. <laughs> and that's how I think that I remember all the planets perfectly. There you go. I never, I don't recall ever having to do that. It seems like I probably did. And I just had to, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised that our kids haven't had to do like some diorama hang from They're the just ceiling. Like, who cares thing. now? I know. We've been everywhere. <laughs> so this rover flew or got there. It's 98.8 million miles wow. away. It's a long way. And that's the closest planet, you're saying. I mean, it's the next one from Mercury, Earth. Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good to know. And it uh, it um, it took off in 2011. It's been there 3,000 years. 3,000 days. Oh, not 3, I was like, years. wait a minute. I think you may not understand how calendars work. What is work. going on today? <laughs> so it launched November 26, 2011. It landed. Do you have any guess when it landed? It was in 2012. So new, November 26th, you said, 2011? Yeah. I yeah. bet it landed in 2012, like March of 2012. Actually, all the way to August. Whoa, it that's took long. that long to get there. That's what they say. There are no... Yeah, that's the dumbest question ever. I was going to say, there are no <laughs> Wait, people. my question? No, no. I was going to say, there are no people on there, right? <laughs> there aren't. No, no that's that the dumbest Martian from the question ever. And oh my, my favorite Martian. Maybe we should edit that out. Do you... I feel like Martians were a big thing when we were kids. Yeah. And I don't feel like our kids ever talk about Martians. No. Our one son, I think it's like a middle school thing, because our one son is convinced that they're UFOs. 
maybe that's a weird, like, quirky thing about our family. I don't know. But no, I, I, mean, I think it's kind of like a middle school thing where you're like, like your world has just expanded beyond the earth where you're yeah. like, wait a minute. There are other people outside of myself. Interesting. And then they <laughs> and start some thinking, of them are and Martians. some of them could be aliens, you know? Yeah. It's at the same time they're discovering the opposite gender. <laughs> Which is like a Martian. That's the, that is the point. That's what I was saying. That was supposed to be funny. And then it wasn't. Oh my gosh. Okay, keep going. Oh, Rach, I'm not going to keep going. I think on that <laughs> note, let's call it a day. Well, thank we, you to everyone for listening to this episode of Growing Up With Kids. We really, really appreciate it. We really, really hope that you got something out of it, that it's been encouraging. Maybe you learned a thing or two. And if you did, either of those things are true, please go ahead and share this with a friend or a colleague or a relative or a Martian if you meet one. Oh, my gosh. Too and far. Do not <laughs> do not be afraid to go give us a five-star rating um, wherever you listen to your podcast. And review us. If you have a minute, say something about us that's nice. If But make if sure, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Yeah, make sure you comment on how nice Rachel's uh, eyelashes look. <laughs> Her magnetic <laughs> oh eyelashes. Oh, my gosh. We'll post a oh picture. Oh, my gosh. From a distance, they look good. From a distance. Okay, that's it. Thanks for working on the farm, Rach. <laughs> Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. Thank <laughs> you.